Vamos, vamos, Harawai te toki. Hauye, huye! Tariki is a place where people can come and where we inspire, collaborate, grow, innovate, and co-create. And everybody is welcome. Everybody who's curious to question the status quo and pursue enduring change for our people. Oh, kia ora everybody listening out there um, to our Taikia podcast. We're here today with Phil Kupinga, uh, one of our local Gizzy boys who's come back to town and is doing some awesome mahi uh, in relation to uh, technology, building pathways for um, for our people back here in Tairawhiti, but also exploring uh, lots of different opportunities really in, in, in terms of uh, how technology can be a tool for lots of great social and, and environmental impact and so uh, yeah we're really happy to have uh, Phil back and he's connected to us here at, at uh, Taiki uh, but today's a chance to kind of listen and to um, yeah and just get Phil's thoughts on uh, on some of the mahi that he's that he's up to and uh, just yeah really kind of talk about um both some of the challenges, but also the opportunities, I think, that in relation to uh, technology for our Tairawhiti people. So, no my haramai, Phil, welcome to uh, to the Taikia podcast. Oh, kia ora, Kane, uh, and thank you for having me. Yeah, well, start us off, nōhia koe, brother. Uh, born and bred uh, Gisborne boy. Um, born a long time ago, around about the 70s, so you can add my age into, in, into that. Uh, basically, um, have lived there uh, before I left to go to Auckland and Wellington until I was about 20. Um, so I spent a bit of time uh, in my hometown uh, before I left and then I uh, spent about 20 years uh, away in Auckland and Wellington and now just returning uh, back home uh, since last October 2020 um, and have uh, basically come into Taiki Air. Uh, this is where I'm sort of working out of and really enjoying the experience so far. Cool, yeah. What what what's brought you home? Um, well, I suppose probably uh, tracking back um, about my uh, life is uh, um, when I uh, left here. I went to university and basically, uh, you know, and that was uh, pushed by my parents to go to university um, for a better life. Uh, my father was a freezing worker. My mum was a stay-at-home mum. Um, and they look for other options because uh, a lot of the time they just didn't want us to um, be doing that type of mahi. So um, mum and dad were always really um, pushing us around education and going to university. Uh, in my whānau, I've got uh, three other siblings, so uh, one or two older sisters. Uh, one of my sisters passed away, and both my parents have passed away now, um, and uh, a brother. So both of them sort of led the way for me to go to university. Um, and that's where I kind of went to, came back to Gisborne probably around the late, oh, where is it? Oh, in the 2000s anyway, uh, looking for a job. I did a Bachelor of Arts, uh, came out of there, was like, oh, where's the mahi back home? Uh, didn't find any mahi. So it was kind of, um, oh, what's the next option for me? Uh, and I had two options, which was let's go and be a teacher. I had to do a one-year uh, course to become a teacher, which I which I was kind of always kind of passionate because those were the kind of roles that we kind of knew about, you know, teachers and police officers and lawyers and accountants. And I don't think I was bright enough to be a lawyer, so that was kind of where I was going to. And then someone out of the blue said, why don't you be a police officer? And I was like, hey, you know, because in our whānau, 
Well, I don't know. We're from freezing worker background, so you know when a police officer rocked up to our household, it was never one of those ones. Oh, let's welcome them in. Um, yeah. But the biggest thing for that was, um, you know, I met my girlfriend who became my wife, who sort of said, "Well, you have two options. Um, let's try this police uh, officer caper. Um, you know, why you're fit enough, and then if you want to become a teacher, uh, let's go down that track." Uh, long story short. I entered into the New Zealand Police Force in 1997 um, or eight. Um, spent about 10 years there. Uh, worked in my hometown. So when I talk about a police officer, yeah, I worked here in Gisborne. So you know, I didn't take the easy road. Uh, you know, policed in my own law here. Um, was able to travel to Auckland and Wellington uh, through the job. And I did a lot of things in, in that career where you know, I qualified as an inspector, did exams. I basically, uh, you know, went up to Auckland, became a rural cop, an investigator. Um, but, you know, whatever you think about the job, that that was a great journey for me because it actually made me, um, you know, look at the world a bit differently. I've seen, I've seen a lot of life uh, in regards, regards, regards to that. And then um, it also got me onto back into the study track where um, I was kind of always looking for different opportunities. Uh, and then my journey was when I got to Wellington, I decided to take two years leave without pay. I was always going to go back into the police. I was kind of going to be a career police officer. And then I got this role called a uh, information uh, IT business analyst. And I was taking two years leave without pay, which basically means I was still part of the police, go, go for a couple of years, get a bit more experience of some other role, um, and then come back to the police. A lot of times when I took that, um, that two years leave without pay was actually I really loved the police force, but I kind of – saw real early that if I didn't love it, then how would I get out of it? Uh, and I can always remember this guy, he was like an electrician and he had a guts for the police and then he just went, nah, I'm out. I'm just going to go and back and, and you know, be an electrician. I thought, yeah, I kind of need that. I kind of need a trade or something that if I get sick of it, then I can leave. And the only reason why I was, was thinking that because I see so many guys in the job who stay too long and when you've got young, enthusiastic people who are trying to make some change, uh, you know, you don't want to see the old guy in the corner just rubbishing everything that you do. So that's the only reason why I kind of went into it. I was never really looking to get out of the police. And then long story short, got into this role around tech, which I think I could never get into. Didn't have those options when I grew up. Didn't even know about these roles. And I actually just thrived. I don't know why, but I just really clicked to that uh, industry. Um, and then we had a big, big um, discussion because within the 10 years I worked, I made the same amount of money within one year. Uh, the other thing that came up for us was that we had an opportunity to, to, to buy a house in Wellington. Uh, and that was and the only way I could afford that because, you know, I haven't got rich parents or anything was uh, a deposit in the house. I had this thing that they signed you up for the New Zealand Police, which is like a superannuation scheme. And I knew how much money I had in there and the only way I could get it is if I resigned. Uh, so for me, it was about my whanau and it always has been. It's always been about my family and what can put them in the best position and that was half the reason. I mean, that was the dilemma I had. Uh, make more money in the profession. And then the other thing about that, people were saying that, and I was really happy that I was making that type of money. I was thinking, man, I've, I've cracked it. And then the guy reckons, oh, well, you're not experienced yet. You'll get up the money. And I was thinking to myself, all right, you get more money? So I was like, okay, in the profession, I'm going to get more money. I quite enjoyed. 
and then I get enough to put my family and secure their history, uh, yes, to secure them in the sense we can get a, a whānau house. So it was, it was no, it was a no-brainer. That was was my decision, um, and I really haven't looked back since then. Cool. And yeah, tell us a little bit more about um, the journey you're on at the moment. Like obviously, um, some of the work you're doing around really laying down. Um, you know, pathways and opportunities for uh, particularly local people here from Tairawhiti to um, to take advantage of some of the real broad, op- you know, opportunities that uh, the technology space offers, uh, but also in terms of really connecting it to, you know, I think the aspirations of of Maori, you yeah. know, who are from Tairawhiti, and so it's not just it's it's not just about kind of uh, big incomes and kind of new gadgets, but actually technology as a as a tool for enabling, um, uh, you know, to bring forward some of the things that many of our whanau have been talking f- about for a long time. E.g., um, te reo Māori, hmm. you know, kind of, and now we're seeing lots of um, you know kind of companies even within uh, Taikie whanau looking to enter into that digital sort of platform and so yeah talk talk to us a little bit about um some of the money that you're up to at the moment yeah yeah no worries um yeah probably back on my journey i've been 13 years in the industry as a business analyst um business analyst as a role when it comes to it is usually a translator between the business people and the it people so we have coders um, that you can talk to, and what we do is we rather we really gather requirements in, in regards to what the systems could do. That's that's technically pretty much what the role is. Um, it's a big industry in Wellington, high demand. So um, you know, currently in this country, we have a real shortage in um, people with um, digital skills, technical skills, um, and we actually looked for immigration to to solve that um, problem that we currently have. Uh, yeah, and what I've kind of really seen in, in regards to it, there's not many people really running to the running to the uh, technology, uh, you know, to be into those types of professions, uh, especially within our community, especially with Māori and Pacific. We have a low representation uh, uh, in it. Um, so, you know, that's kind of been my journey. Um, what I'm doing back home, well, I have a real passion to try and build a tech workforce here uh, in, in, in Tairawhiti itself. Uh, how that kind of eventuated was, well, you know, during the years I used to come back a lot, uh, lots of times and talk about my profession to, you know, friends and stuff. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought not many people were that interested because as soon as you talk about computers around here, everyone's uh, eyes sort of glaze <laughs> over. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, if I talk about uh, carpentry or electric, you know, electrician or, uh, you know, people were a bit more enthusiastic, but yeah, definitely technology um, jobs. Um, people are not really, you know, enthusiastic about it, um, and and I think that's just because we haven't got much exposure mm. uh, to it. When you get down to Wellington, it's quite usual to have uh, people at barbecues who work in the IT industry. So you, by osmosis, you get this whole understanding what people do and and, and kind of realise you know, their professions. Um, but one thing that drew me back to Gisborne was really around this thing called Gigatown. Gigatown, I saw years back about my community, which I, you know, I've spent a lot of time coming back and forth because we still got a whānau house here in Gisborne, was really the aspirations of our community that talked about um, if we got broadband or the, the chorus uh, cabling for internet in our regions, so these are the things we would want to do. 
uh, and a lot of it was around you know aspirations of a community lifting up our our uh, wages and also what we could do with technology uh, and that was um, one of the things that really sparked my idea that actually our community is is really jamming on that sort of kaupapa. Um, long story short, we came second. Dunedin kind of bet us out, mm-hmm. and then it sort of sort of just died out. Um, but what I did see there was really the community galvanised to try and win that competition. And out of the blue, everybody was you know talking about what how technology could really turn our region around. So that started my journey was saying, well, actually our community does. You know, you know, want to move down that track. And I think, you know, people have to have context. You know, we're primal industries. You know, I know that. My father was a freezing worker. Uh, you know, I have a lot of involvements in uh, Whangara Incorporated Farms. Uh, you know, I kind of know our, our history. Um, but, you know, when you look at our stats, most of our people are on lower than medium wages here in, 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 in our economy, uh, you know. And th- this is not about... Um, kind of disrespecting. I mean, I'm one of those people, I saw my dad go to work every day. I respect hard labour and hard work. This is not about, um, you know, poo-pooing primal industries. I'm from that background. But what I have seen is that from that gigatown was an aspiration that we could do more and, and, and you know, prosperity does come with high-value wages. Um, but also um, when we talk about technology, um, we always knew that it was kind of around us, uh, you know, talking about my story, even back in the day um, with a father that was a freezing worker, my mum bought me a computer. I don't know why, but it was a Commodore 64 and I was doing coding and all this type of stuff. So I kind of forgot about it because, you know, when I got into tech, I was going, oh, I'm not really that way in kind because I was kind of good at sports and all this type of stuff. But I think for me is I've always kind of been a geek, but, you know, being brought up in Gisborne itself, being kind of a geek is not that cool. So it's kind of like uh, just just trying to keep the eyeballs off me, let's just play sport, and then everyone just let, leaves you alone, really. Because I'm an introvert by nature. That's 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 my thing. Uh, you know, when I talk about introvert, I'm, you know, I like my private time. I was a very quiet kid. You know, shy Māori is what they used to call people, hated school, didn't really like school. Um, but I had that tendency in my brain to really – um, think about a lot of things. Um, also, my dad was really into chess. He was one of those guys, you know, he left school at 15 years of age. He would always be homebodies, the homebodies. They never really went out, but he would do crosswords, chess. So to me, I think a lot of that, of how I thrived in tech was really around logic. You know, I kind of already had that understanding. So when I look, went to systems, which are pretty logical things, that's why I think I, you know, I kind of thrived in that environment. Uh, why I tell that story is that I'm not the only one here. <laughs> you know, when I look at the whānau back home in, in our region, I know there's heaps of people that play chess around here. And I'm going, I'm not saying I'm converting everybody, but I know there's people out there in our community that can do this, do this role. Um, but what you will find in our region, we have no awareness of all these professions. And, you know, and I just want to tell the community, it's not all about developers and coders, you know, the people that do the building of it. There's so many professions that come off. Um, technology, uh, which is around people got good people skills who can kind of understand systems, but you don't need to get down to that detail. Um, and when we talk about professions, um, they're all high valued, which basically means you know you do you do get quite a lot of money in regards to it. Which which you know I, you know you don't want to go on about it, but when I kind of see that the medium house in our region is five hundred thirty thousand k, if 
I'm just going, well, how does anyone afford those types of houses? Um, they're out of towners and no disrespect to out of towners, but you know, for me, it's like local first. Um, our people should be having a, um, a crack at that, of the, of, at that pie. And I know this from firsthand experience, you know, my dad and my mum, we kind of, we were lucky that we owned a house. Um, and people don't really talk about it, but back in those days, the story is, is that really Māori didn't never got, um, loans. It was only because my uncle was at, left school at 15 and was a really good saver. He actually gave loans to our, his brothers and sisters. And we were just lucky that, that we were able to get a loan. And then we bought a house. And what that does, it really establishes our roots. It goes back to our whakapapa. You know, we have roots in the whenua. And, you know, if we haven't got roots and we're not stable, then how does everything else revolve in our life? So I will always talk about home ownership, not, not, not in the, you know, not in the sense that, you know, uh, that, you know, it's the, the be all or end all. But I do know that if you've got home ownership and you're not a renter, and people can't boot you out of your whare, you have some roots to establish yourself, and that's a good basis to be, you know, to, to live in our community. And when you see that we've got a housing crisis and people can't, um, you know, get into houses and there's, you know, just being back after 20 years walking down the street, I can see it. You know, it's not hard to see. A lot of our people are walking around the streets, uh, sleeping uh, anywhere and everywhere, and to me that's just not good enough. The piece around Gigatown. Um, stands out as quite a yeah sort of moment when, um, as you say, the community galvanised around this kind of digital technology kaupapa. And I think what it um, and I wasn't kind of back back here at that time, but um, but people were still talking about it. Kind of two, three, even even today, they're still sort of talking about that time when. Um, you know, the community rallied together and came up with lots of great innovative ideas and from, you know, big kind of infrastructure pieces of laying down, you know, what would be needed to, to enable the community to um, to advance their their interests using kind of technology. But also, yeah, lots of um, just great kind of clever ideas about how a community mm-hmm. could kind of connect lots of different uh, learning programs that could come off it from from both kids but all the way sort of through to to different communities and then I think about um, like the chess piece and also programs like the Nati Awards you yeah. know Rangitawaya which was sort of a, a Ngati Pro um, competition really based around you know innovation um, filmmaking to you know lots lots of different sort of things and think innately that that kind of um, that curiosity and that creativity the the entrepreneur entrepreneurial kind of way of thinking um design it's all kind of here um what what's really missing is that um that that ecosystem and infrastructure of of um of support and pathway for our people to to really be able to reach out and take advantage of 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 these tools that are kind of around and i think you know hence it kind of really leads into the work that um that uh that you're leading back here at home in terms of creating more visibility uh for one that um uh, that we are already in these spaces um, and, and and can kick it, you know, in lots of different uh, areas. Um, but even beyond just sort of for for Māori as, you know, as a community, um, yeah, technology can be something that really fits with, um, uh, 
with some of our innate character, you know, and if we build it off some of the deep values that exist mm. um, kind of here around, um, you know, the way people hold each other, then actually like technology can become really powerful. Give us, yeah, give us some of your kind of thoughts as to sort of what you're seeing and and, and feeling and, and, and sort of looking to, to really build out in the next wee while. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, so – when I talk about building a tech workforce, I think back home it is about building awareness in regards to what are the different roles that are out there. So there is a mindset um, shift within our community that we need to um, think about things because a lot of the times when you talk to people, they say that tech's not here. Uh, you know, we haven't got those jobs or professions, and I say to people, it, it is actually here. Um, you know, when we're using Facebook, that's a tech company. Uh, social media is huge around here. That, that's tech companies. Uh, when you buy goods off uh, from Amazon or Shopify, that's a tech company. Uh, even in our primary industries, most people, when you talk to farmers, uh, they are using technology. And why is that important? Because they need to make decisions of where to plant, plant the crops. Um, and also it's going to be more prevalent as we move forward. Uh, so, for example, you know we've got COVID. This is 2021. Um, we talk about this thing about future of work and it's a, it's a concept that's been around for, well, as long as I've been in tech, uh, it's been around for a long time. And future of work is basically saying that the, the nature of our work is, is going to change. Uh, we were a primary industry, so labour intensive, picking food from the ground, uh, having people in factories that basically process some stuff and pass it to another person. Uh, technology is changing that. And we talk about stuff like robotics uh, that are doing the processes of people. Um, also, we talk about these things called artificial intelligence. Um, it's basically systems that think like humans, kind of. Uh, but what they are good is that when we have mass information around, so for example, I'm talking about, let's, let's say Gisborne, mass information uh, that comes in the form of what's the weather patterns going to be, what's the soil we can plant, um, also, could we work with people who have actually been farmers who've been on the land for 40 years? Is there any tidbits that they've got about how soil can react or where to plant things? You can actually put uh, systems over it to find patterns, and patterns can be some things that we can forecast what we need to do uh, off it. Um, when we talk about COVID, I think the process of future work has been accelerated. So I think it has is, is accelerated the way we work. Um, also, when we talk about future work, we do talk about the days of the 40-hour jobs are kind of gone. Uh, we're going to have a gig economy. So basically, Kane over here will do five different jobs, maybe. He's got a contract to do podcasting. You've got a contract to do some other stuff. Um, and then you make your living within the week. Also, uh, in regards to technology, um, we can all re work remotely. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things you've ever se you've seen from COVID. You know, I just came from Wellington uh, working in most organisations there and there was always this culture that you couldn't work for work remotely and then the pandemic came and everyone worked remotely and guess what? We still met the targets that we needed to do. I'm not saying that face-to-face -face is not important, it is. You have to have that whakawhanaungatanga, but in some roles you can work remotely. So places like Gisborne I could work here and, and still do the job. So COVID to me is really pushing that future of work topic faster um, and that's why you're seeing uh, stuff like think about organisations here in Gisborne that said I don't want to go on internet 
I sell these goods. I want to have a brick and mortar business and I, w- I just want to sell them. I don't really believe in this technology um, stuff. Um, you would find that they would have struggled under this pandemic, which you couldn't go out. They couldn't sell products um, and people would be would be um, struggling in that business. So you're going to see the government really push money into try and build up people's digital skills, especially in businesses, because uh, we have no resilience there. We kind of need people that, that will be have websites, uh, understand that you can sell products, not just to the local market. Um, I can tell you for a fact, you can sell honey to straight to the Chinese market. You know, the internet is the, is the greatest equalizer that we've kind of ever seen in, you know, in probably human history to date. Um, not saying there's not pitfalls to it. <laughs> there's a lot of pitfalls to it. But if we can use the tools for the right reasons and for, for good, then I think it, it can enable a lot of prosperity. And also, if we can have that platform, you know, like, like you go back to it, Kane, is that I think the platform for us is about digital literacy or digital skills, and most of us all have to get our fay with it. And then from there, once you have that, then there's just many pathways. Um, so what I'm saying to most people, some people just want to work and make a good living just being in the different roles that are currently in tech. Some people might want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, and when I talk about entrepreneur, it could be in any field. You might just say, oh, I just want to start a gaming industry here. Why not? What, what would stop us? There's nothing stopping us from, from doing that. But you've got to have the literacy to be able to do that. Um, also, you know, especially in our industry here in Tyrefiti, Agritech, I think, why couldn't we be the best Agritech places? Uh, that's like our jam. Most people have been, been farmers here for like Noah since, uh, since I've ever uh, lived here. So why isn't that a big industry that we could be selling some IT products to overseas? Um, you know, so I think, yeah, definitely the pandemic, some people might see as a negative. I see it as an opportunity. Um, and the reason why I see it as an opportunity because it is pushing the future of work forward, which basically means we have, we're in that um, real uneasy bit that we need to retrain. We need to think of other things and we need to be telling our tamariki and also as adults, you need to be looking for, for the next gig, which is like, yeah, get on those uh, IT courses. Um, so that, 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 is the, that is the way we need to go. Also, when you look at it, immigration has been affected, so we can't just push in people from, from overseas. Um, that's how we've kind of solved every problem, even here. If you think about it, we've just always, you know, even think about the picking. Picking is, is a prime example in our region. We used to just have the immigration stuff and then it didn't worry. Now... Is we can't get the immigration over, so they're calling all the locals, come out, 33 degrees, let's go into the heat. And, you know, I'm talking about my dad's era. Um, we we kind of done that stuff. You know, that, that's my opinion. Uh, you, you think the labour force has been, yeah, Māori's been propping up that labour force for years. So my thing about it is, uh, you know, that's not that's not the journey that I don't think our tipping like the 18 nutters would be thinking that's where we've got to go to. I think well, there's, there's a new regime that we need to pick up and it's really in, in another industry, which is around tech. Um, also, when I look at maker issues here, uh, you know, the big issues that, that our economy is, is facing is really around resilience of our um, primal industries. We have forestry, which we're only dependent to China. So that's, you know, in a pandemic, we saw this before anyone else did. So when people are talking about COVID, well, it didn't affect me in Wellington, but I saw in Tyler 50 affected everyone here because guess what? When that market stopped, no one was getting paid. So 
we actually have to look at different things. It's not about me going, look at different things. We kind of have to. That's just being part of being resilient in this organization. So my thing to everyone in the community, technology is one option that you can go down. Um, it's not the be or end all. I'm not an evangelist about tech. I work in the industry, uh, but it, it is something that you you don't have to slog your guts out. You can work 40 hours a week. You can have your own lifestyle. You enjoy the lifestyle that we have here, and we're very blessed to be in Tyler Fitzy and have this beautiful lifestyle. Um, and actually for the house, you know, do the basic things and just do things that really matter to us, which is really enjoying our whanau, enhancing our community. Um, and that's kind of what I want to be able to try and try to do here in the region. Um, first task for me is really trying to uh, talk to a lot of people, and that's why I'm doing the podcast, build some awareness around other professions that you currently do. Uh, also talk to employers here. I think there's we've actually got a, a bubbling tech industry here, which is I don't think many people know. Um, and actually seeing how we can probably look at apprenticeships and internships to try and get more of our whānau into these into these roles. Uh, but what we have to do is get past that mindset, which is that we can do these roles. Uh, and if that means, you know, I need to talk to about a million people around the community, then that's what I'll do. Just to show there's a brown faces that can do uh, do with it. Uh, to our rest of our community that's out there, uh, I'm always a, a firm believer this is not just about Māori because Māori, we're we. We've never been I. So when we when we do solutions or design something, it's always for our community because that's that's what we live in, and that's you know that's uh, insight into Te Ao Māori, which is basically nature. We all you know all these types of things have to be in, in sync. So you know I, I do have a Māori bent because I think the stats don't really go for us, but you know anyone in our community, I'm here to help. I'm not just going to say it's just all all about Māori. It's about trying to help our community in the Tidal Fifty region. And I, I don't care what that looks like. I think there's, um, you know, you sort of touch on there's, um, to me, the all the ingredients um, are here in Tairawhiti in terms of um, particularly the cultural capital that's here um, and is really strong and has a lot of depth to it in terms of the way that uh, that people relate and the economy kind of operates and lots of sharing and as you say lots of lots of we you know language and culture and ways of thinking rather than that sort of I um, and lots of sort of you know self-interest sort of driven stuff I think um, we do that so well um, and in terms of um, lots of the big issues that uh, that technology not only, you know, here in Aotearoa, but globally is kind of um, really having having to grapple with, um, you know, things around diversity, things around, you know, just if you haven't seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix, go and check that out because there's kind of basically what they've they've identified is they've got kind of a, a values problem, mm, you know, the foundations of which, um, you know, tech are built on, they're, they're a little bit rotten. Uh, whereas I think, you know, there's a different way of being able to, um, there's an alternative that I think we can that we can kind of really get behind and push here in Tairawhiti if it if it connects to those deeper values, um, community building, um, you know, um, helping to solve lots of the 
not only the sort of current generation, but looking forward as well. And, you know, particularly around sort of issues around climate change and our environment and food production and, you know, all, all of mm. some of those. Water, you know, is another one. Um, th there's a technology kind of piece in all of those um, that, again, can be used as a tool. And, to, and, 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 you know, kind of thinking off the back of COVID, all the, sort of buzzwords around diversification and agile and adaptability and resilience and all those kinds of words. But kind of, yeah, what what are some of those big challenge challenges for us as a as a region in terms of being able to um to really advance um both economically but also, you know, kind of on the social um, kind of side as well in terms of our ability to use you know really kind of have technology as a core part of our agenda you know moving moving forward into the you know into the sort of next generation what are, what are some of the key challenges that you've seen here locally yeah i'm always thinking it's around mindset um and commitment is probably the two things so mindset is um like anything, you know, what we've done in the past is what we're always going to do. Um, you know, in, in business, you always talk about these concepts around disruption. People disrupt the industry. The pandemic has disrupted the way we live. Um, and actually, there's two ways you can look in that in life, which is this was the worst year ever in 2020, or you go, hey, this is a great opportunity to make a difference and do something different. Um, there'll be a whole bunch there saying, oh, what was wrong with life prior to uh, COVID? But I can tell you now there's a lot of people that probably weren't doing the best uh, with, with that. Um, so for me, it's about mindset saying, well, technology is not going to go away. So that, that you know, going back to your, your movie, Social Dilemma, watch that movie. It's a good movie to watch. But what I'm saying to people, the, you know, the, the jack is out of the box. So she, she ain't going away. Well, he ain't going away. It's going to be around. But how can we use that tool to enhance our lives? Because we can. You know, it's like anything. Um, and that's when I when I was thinking about diversity because when they talk about diversity and uh, technology, well, to be fair, it's it's white and it's male and it's uh, pretty much middle age and younger. Uh, not many women, not many diverse cultures uh, in there. And so like anything in the world that's trying to push uh, bridge that divide to get more diversity in the tech industry. There's a lot of initiatives that are currently out there. Uh, but what I see, even with Māori and Pacific, uh, we're not running there. There's not there's not droves of us all running down there. And what I'm trying to say to people is uh, there's not droves because people can't identify themselves with that whole, <laughs> that whole system. There's no whanau over here who've got tech companies uh, and who've got brown faces um, so it's, it, it is a hard mindset to, to turn that um, people around to say, well, actually, you can do it. And to be honest, if I think about it, the tech industry I, I worked in, she's a hard industry. I mean, you've got fellas, uh, I was at the back of the class and these fellas are in front of the class. They're, you know, they're, they're brain boxes. I'm not saying that that's um, you know, anything to worry about because, you know, I, I'm a true believer that once we know, you know, I've, I've learned just as much as them and then, you know, I can equal them. As, as much as anything, but what I'm saying, it's very intimidating, intimidating sort of uh, workforce to come in because, yes, in some projects I felt like people try and call you out and see what kind of knowledge you have about IT and and that's not every uh, industry or every place I've been to, but in general terms, 
uh, yeah, it is intimidating. Um, so, you know, as me talking about this, I, I go, oh, do I want all my people in our community to be into these firms? Uh, I think you need to be in the firms to learn, to get to build your capability. Then after that, you, you decide. My ultimate dream is pretty much this. Uh, why couldn't we build tech workers who have their own businesses, who um, create a ho- their own industry, and we create our own solutions uh, to it, full stop. Uh, when people go, that's impossible. Well, isn't the Māori economy like $66 billion? Uh, surely people in the Māori con- economy could support some of the people that want to work in this industry. Uh, if not, then I'm asking why not? Uh, because if I th- think about things like EWI organisations, they've got tech needs. Half everyone in these organisations got tech needs. So who do you go to? Data comms, the, you know, I could name the, the list. And not saying that that's not the right way to go, but that's what I'm, I'm envisaging. I'm not envisaging that basically people will just stick here and go, well, I need to work for that industry. I'm saying if we have the platform, uh, we can go anywhere. And so, you know, ultimately we should be thinking, tinoranga te tanga, well, what's the best tinoranga te tanga? Is that we create our own. We create our own businesses, create our own infrastructure. And going back to your point, people try and make this whole thing, well, actually, well, I'm not techie, it's creative. I'm not creative, it's techie. And I say to people, Look at the best applications in the world, the things that make it easy for you to do. It's all creative. It's all techie. <laughs> there's, no, there's no thing. So I'm telling everyone who hasn't got Uber uh, in Wellington, you'll see there's a car that comes out of nowhere and you can see it. It's qu- quite a great user experience. Even the you know, old, old Komato can use it and go, oh, there's the car, it's coming. Oh, that's user experience. That's creative. It's people who look at design of colors and psychology and all that type of stuff. Uh, they work with techie people. There's someone building that house behind it. And I, and I always give this analogy. Think of it like building a house. You need the father that can build it. Yeah, he's the carpenter. That's the developer. But who's the one that makes it look nice? Usually interior designer. What? Why do they make it look nice? Colors, personality. Next minute you've got a landscaper, the one that does it outside. Next minute you've got a plumber that basically plums your stuff. Next minute you've got an electrician. Next minute you've got a property manager. Next minute you've got an architect that builds it. What, what's that got to IT? Look at all those different roles. It's the same with technology solutions. There's so many different roles that are currently in there that's basically not just about being techie. People that sell the houses, yes, there's people that make money just selling IT solutions. People who manage that project of building a house, well, same with solutions. There's people that make money being IT project managers. Yeah, you I know, say so the scope for me is uh, pretty... Um, yeah, pretty easy that basically we should be having that, you know, that background platform of digital literacy, which builds into building our capability, which moves into what is the next stage, run your own businesses, go and work for someone else. But ultimately we should be going in the tighter 50 region itself is actually why aren't we building our industry here and then we employ people here and have our own solutions here. That's what I'd be kind of looking at. That's kind of my vision. But we need to start somewhere. <laughs> we can't you can't have a think tank keep going around in circles of what this is going to be and how we can start with some stuff is around this digital literacy. Just basically let, let's, let's looking at how we can improve our literacy. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about why actually EIT has plays a space in there. That's our local polytech. Um, you know, employers here, uh, you know, what type of jobs will you have that can help our, our people here around uh, tech uh, that will build build our local workforce. So a lot of my job is really trying to trying to probably connect people, get people in, but also bring some bloody um, inspiration 
and also some belief that we can do it. Because in that industry, I think a lot of our people think we can't do it. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm the credit to everybody that we can. And to be honest, you know, when I look at my life, I've failed at a million things, you know. Uh, you know, but you know we all have that potential if we believe in ourselves that we can do it. And you know, I'm one, probably one of those guys that proves that point because I never thought I could do it, and now I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I think that belief building is um, so critical to to all of the work, really, both in the technology spaces, but uh, also in the entrepreneurial spaces, innovation spaces. You know, spaces we haven't traditionally kind of um, necessarily seen ourselves, but um, but but it's changing, and there are some really good um, examples. And um, shout out to kind of Lee Timu Timu and the Kōmawi Hangaro crowd who will be here on the twenty fifth of March uh, in uh, in Te really showcasing kind yeah. of Māori who are working across a broad range of different uh, IT industries and sectors from uh, from the creative spaces, uh, digital animation like the Maui Studios boys. Yeah. Um, you know, the Kendall um, Flutie, who's you yeah. know, doing the banker, financial literacy, digital literacy, you know, kind of an education program. Um, you know, even to some of our local kind of talent, you know, the stuff that Bailey Mackey yeah. um, is kind of doing in the in the TV film kind of space. Um, you know, highly creative kind of industries, mm. um, but showcasing some of the, the talent. And I think, you know, again, building off your point, um, Phil was just around that, um, you know, first first kind of major piece of work is doing a lot of that belief building, bringing lots of, um, you know, kind of uh, exemplars closer to home. So the work you're doing around um, growing apprentices and, you know, kind of new ones into the sector, they become kind of the um, the examples for their cousins and their cousins and all the whanau that kind of yeah. watch and, and, and kind of see how things pan out. Um, so I think there's, um, you know, lots lots more work to do on that front. And, you know, I think also um, for us is really th- thinking creatively about the the types of infrastructure that, that's required to, to bring things through. And even, you know, again, there's lots of models from overseas that, um, that I think we can kind of look to in terms of how you start to build, um, you know, and, and turn more eyes and interest towards technology, things like um, community maker spaces yeah. where we're a tutu kind of culture. We're curious about how things work and taking things apart and love the kind of hands-on, you know, engaging exploration ways of learning. And so, you know, where are those spaces where we can uh, to a kind of tainer, um, you know, kind of, um, yeah, create a, a classroom that's not a classroom, um, you know, for for lots of that kind of early embedding of um, of some of these natural characteristics and skills and creativity and curiosity to kind of really develop, and then what are what's the scaffolding kind of potama system of mm. being able to take people up, you know, different kinds of levels as they progress through, both from uh, both from an age point of view, so how, you know, the stuff we're doing with our tamariki and, again, some beautiful kind of mahi going on locally with uh, Tōnui and, you know, yeah, other other 100%. crews kind of around doing some of that work. Uh, Hui Te Rangi Ora, I want to give them a shout-out. Marvellous, beautiful kind of work happening up the coast. Um, through to, yeah, kind of the the stuff with, um, like, the Dev Academy, the EIT computer mm. kind of program, which is yeah. kind of really cool. Um 
the stuff that Rangai is doing, Toro, you know, like yeah, yeah. There, there's some momentum really building locally. For sure. For sure. Um, but 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 how do we kind of ground it, you know, with with some deep values that can keep it pointed in the right direction um, and keep it a, a really open, collaborative, inclusive kind of space? Um, your Fakaro. Yeah. Oh, probably got off track, but that's why I think the diversity, you know, when I think about it now, it's not just about giving people, because a lot of times when people think about entrepreneurship, they go diversity is getting away from groupthink and always thinking about the best idea. We need different views so we can actually think, oh, what's this thing? And then, um, you know, we create a different product. That's the reason. That's usually the attention you get, diversity. Uh, my diversity is really now, especially watching that movie Social Dilemma, was really about, actually, it's about burning your worldview. It's values. Um, and a lot of the values we talk about are te ao Māori values. Mm. And that's why now, and it's not about te ao Māori values. I think every Indigenous culture or cultures bring something a little bit different to that table. Uh, and that's why now I kind of see, um, think why we need to be in tech is really around actually our worldview and our values about how we think about our um, our legacy uh, you know, whānau, we think about whānau and legacy and not about the people that basically are here, but the people that are not here. We think about our, you know, our, uh, um, you know, our whenua is a living thing. is part of just our culture that, you know, we need to look after the whenua and all those types of values and that's got to be relevant for tech. Um, and the reason why I say that, uh, you know, tech is so powerful nowadays. I mean, if you think about, you know, our cousin Donald Trump, uh, what, what is that about? The guy was able to basically uh, come into the country, was really just using a Twitter account, <laughs> and he was able to just really uh, disseminate information to the people that he wanted to, uh, to basically get him voted in. So when people talk about how powerful it is, uh, that's one a big example that basically shows why we should actually have uh, diversity involved in that. And the reason why I say that, even if we bring it closer to home, look at the Christchurch attack. Uh, that that was horrendous. Uh, you know, for example, let's take it back to this analogy. TVNZ, if someone started shooting everyone around everyone, do you think we couldn't sh switch that off? Facebook, uh, we can't switch it off. You showed a, a person basically in a Christchurch mosque in New Zealand uh, going around and, and horrific images, and the excuse is we couldn't switch that off. I'm like, what? You can't switch that off? What are you talking about? But what it does thing is that it creates this thing where um, you have this platform that you can put people who can basically control a narrative uh, that can spread to their people. And some of it can be good, and that's what I'm saying. We can use technology for good, but some of it can be bad, and it can actually change the way our world operates uh, in some big, big implications. So when we talk about, wow, yeah, just get more people with different views in to me, it's not about the business model. Oh, yeah, group frank, make the product better than Facebook. It's got to be such and such. It's actually our views um, that we have some ethics. Um, and if you think about Facebook platform itself was, was based off it's a marketing tool uh, to make generate more money. That's what it was it's geared off. That's, that, that's the premise. That's the values that it kind of has. So when we get into this ethical space, which is should you be letting just you know, anyone on it uh, give any narrative, that's why they've been slow to the party. They've just said, oh, well, actually, everyone should be able to use their own narrative, um, talk about what they want, uh, you know, uh, align to those groups which are around the world 
So I'm saying hatred groups can align to groups, not just in uh, Tairawhiti region, we can align to any region in the whole world and we can build this community which is based not on great, great stuff. So for me, diversity is really around that, that uh, view, which is, um, you know, your ideology is the key thing. And that's where I'm saying our region has it in spades, uh, you know, te ao Māori view, um, creativity. Uh, so to me, uh, the proposition for us is like, well, actually, all we're talking about is building tech literacy so we can build a platform. That's the small bit. We've got the rest of the bit all in spades. And so it doesn't seem like a big proposition for me. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about we can tell stories. We have points of difference. So, you know, even when I think about business, everyone says competitive advantage. I just say, be yourself, Māori. You've already got a competitive advantage. Anything you do, you've got a competitive advantage. You're authentic, Māori authentic. You know, we, we, we already got it. And if people don't believe me, then look at all the firms that are trying to uh, bridge that gap. You know, all the big firms in New Zealand, Air New Zealand, uh, you know, wines, foods, they're all trying to get that bit of taste of, of us, whether it be in their logos, whether it be in, the, in their, uh, you know, whakatokis, whether it be in different different stuff. But what I'm saying to people, they're not us. Because if you really have to look in depth of our Te Ao Māori view, it's a lot deeper than that. It's not, not just the karakia here and there. There's a lot, lot more meaning in it. And we have that in spades, the way we act, the way, the way we do things. And I kind of think, well, that's, um, you know, that's where we have that advantage. But, but we need to be able to have people here who can create the platforms. And when I think about that, you think about like uh, – uh, the movie industry is a prime example. You know, we've created some great stories from here, Whale Rider, there's a whole bunch. All I'm talking about, what is the platform that we put it on? We put it on a movie screen. And so how do you create that? Oh, you need a cameraman, you need a sounds engineer, you need a, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Why can't we have the creatives going, here's the story, cuz, uh, and we have the builders, which is us. Uh, which is what platform are you going to put on a mobile platform on your iPhone? I'm going to put it on a, a PS4. Why not? What's what's actually stopping us? Stopping us is really about belief and inspiration. Stopping us is about actually we need to build up our digital literacy, our capabilities, so we can do that. Uh, and I'm not saying that's for everybody, but I'm, what I'm saying is that our community could do it, no doubt. And then all we have to do is plus that creative stuff, which we've got in spades, the next minute, you know, we're all good. We'll be all good down here. So that's kind of what my visions came. It was really about that. But going back to our first point, you've got to start somewhere. Mm. Beautiful, brother. I love that, um, you know, it's not about the the business model. Well, it's not about business model. It's about worldview. Um, love that quarter at all because I think, you know, that kind of really strikes at the heart of, um, of uh, what we're all about, um, both here in Tairawhiti, but... Um, yeah, also here at Taikie too, you know. Was, Same, bro. Um, yeah, kind of go right to the heart of things. Just um, we haven't even touched on data yet, which is probably its own kind of podcast in and of itself because in terms of the technology space, um, you know, data is such a, mm. such a key component of, um, of everything now. 
um and we and we probably will leave it for another another podcast so keep listening in um but also kind of just to let everybody know we we hold a data party kind of monthly meetup group here at Taiki uh first wednesday night of every month um it's a space to kind of come and explore some of the stuff happening in that space so if you're around come check it out um but just kind of final thoughts phil you know i kind of wondered if you could kind of um, share a message with that 10-year-old Phil or Phyllis that's kind of roaming around, um, you know, not as thinking about the world and just kind of from what, what you've seen, yeah, what, what's your message kind of to them? Yeah, but my probably message about, um, you know, for young people, especially if I was 10 years old, is that, you know, there's people that believe in you. Uh, that's probably the biggest message that that, that I'll I'll get, and never be uh, stifled by the system. You know, go go for your dreams. I kind of believe that, and just because your environment doesn't really have it, uh, there's other people who who will support you. Um, especially probably Te Ao Māori view, Fucker Papa is important. So you know, I think about my my life coming up. There's a lot of people in my family didn't believe I could do things or other things like that. This is in my own family. Um, but I had key people that did, and that was like an uncle who said, "Oh, you know, you can do anything you want." A mum and dad fought for me. Um, also, you know, that's your teacher. That's your, you know, there's people in your life that that have have got it. But then I also do remember it's my fucker papa. You know, like where do I come from? Um, you know, our community. We're a proud community here. You know, and that's uh, and we have a legacy that is incredible. Uh, and you only probably appreciate it when you go away and, you know, being away for 20 years and coming back, I really appreciate it a lot more than I did when growing up here. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about, look at Sea Company and, you know, the the bravado that, uh, you know, we've had in this region of people that really put their lives on the line uh, to create this future that we have. So if you believe in Papa, you believe in legacy, uh, these people that are in the past and, and are not here, you know, they they believe in you because we we innately have it in all of us. Uh, so we need to remember that when you know we go into any endeavor, and it could be tech. You know, I'm biased. I'm going to chuck you down the tech industry, but um, you know, it could be anything you really want to do that's outside our norm within our community here. And I think for me, uh, you know, coming back to our co-papa Taiki here, you know, for me, you know. My story is I'm a misfit. I never really fitted into the norm of what Gisborne was, really. Uh, probably now, got a bit older, I have, but, you know, I was never going to be uh, a freezing worker carpenter. I'm not that practical. Um, there's a there's just jobs that I was never really could do here. Um, so I always kind of felt like, well, actually, I'm a bit of a misfit. <laughs> uh, but to be honest, it's all right to be a misfit. You know, like if you've got different views or you think big, then go with that. Uh, if it's not in your whanau, trust me, take you, you come here, we will support you. You know, like there's people in our community that that will support people's dreams, and I think that's the that's the thing. Belief uh, is is the key uh, ingredient, and also believing where you come from. So that fucker papa is for me real crucial. Beautiful. Hey. Um Love all that quote at all. We before I, um, you know, the uh, worldview before business model, and now is the time of 
the rise of the hianga, uh, the misfit, the one who wants to kind of challenge, challenge status quo and Amen. kind of you know create create new future and and do different. Um, so yeah, we fully embrace kind of uh, you know all of that all of that characteristic in Ahua. Um, here hey thanks phil um big shout out to to you awesome that you're home brother and that we kind of get to have a bit of a jam and do some creation and yeah we're, we're thinking up things all the time that we can kind of get uh get stuck into so um really awesome if you're listening out there um yeah kind of come and come and have a call to phil about um you know opportunity and kind of um uh, the mahi that he's doing some really awesome powerful impactful kind of stuff that is not only going to um uh, to leave you know good legacy kind of here in Tairawhiti but it extends kind of beyond our regional borders here right out to the Mutu and, and indeed kind of globally so um, uh, thanks Phil for uh, for your for all today thanks brother Kia ora. awesome whanau whanau haramai te toki haumie huie taikie this was the taikie podcast thank you for joining us this time around and make sure to keep tuned to hear more of our impactful stories you can follow us on Facebook on Taikie, and you can find all of these stories on Spotify, Anchor.fm, and any of the other podcasting apps that you might use. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.